ready? What's up, everybody? I am your host, Mr. Joe, and this is Youth Force Chronicles, a podcast for teens by teens. And today here joining me, we have our Youth Force students. We have Kate. Hello, y'all. We have Brooklyn. Hello. We have Levi. What's up? And we have our special guest, Ben Absher. Hey, everybody. Okay, to get this show started, um, it's Christmas time. Today is December 1st. Who's excited for Christmas? Me. I am. Okay, are we looking for- I was going to wear my Christmas sweater, Oh, but, but my didn't. mom told me not to because so, I was also going also so to wear my Christmas really, pants. Are you really in the Christmas mood? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, so, well, my Christmas question fact for you all is, what was your favorite Christmas present that you guys have gotten at any point in time in your life? Hmm. Let's I'll start take, with oh, I'll, let's I'll start take with ben. this one. I'll take this one. So, and I don't even remember how old I was, probably 10, 11, 12. And I got, you guys may not even remember these things, but it was something called a Game Boy Advanced SP. Oh my gosh. Which was like the luxury <laughs> version of the Game Boy Advance, basically. Oh, y'all Because don't know. it had a backlight, which back in the day we didn't have backlights on our mm-hmm. our Kindles or our gaming systems or or whatever. So I got I got a red one that I kept for like 5 years. Best Christmas present I ever got. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I remember the Game Boy color. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That thing looked like a giant calculator block. <laughs> but it's incredible memories right there. Okay. Levi, what you got? So, I'm trying to think over here. I think I I think I'm gonna go with uh, something I got two years ago. Okay. It was uh it's uh it's the Lego Marvel uh Daily Bugle. Wait, what? Mm. The day <laughs> from Spider Man. Oh, say less. Yeah, it's about it's I think it's about three feet tall and it's it's my largest Lego set I've ever gotten. Wow. To this point. So how long did it take you to build it? Seven hours and twenty six minutes. Oh gosh! Wow. And you I, definitely timed yourself. I if did. You're that specific. I did. Well, uh, I thought I thought an extra fun fact. Uh, my my brother actually holds a world record for building Legos. Really? Yes. Is it like for time duration? Yes. Wow. Mm hmm. So now I'm just trying. I I try to time myself. Some if I have like a really big one, see how fast I can do it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's how fast you do it. Oh gosh. How, what's the what's your brother's record? He built the uh Lego UCS Millennium Falcon in ten hours and twenty one minutes. And the the first world record was over twenty hours. Oh wow. And that's not Blew it's it not, out of the water. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. even his fastest time. His fastest time is eight hours and thirty minutes. Straight? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He, yeah, no, during, during the record, uh we had we just kept giving him uh Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches all day. <laughs> the best motivation there. Yep. <laughs> Kept them fueled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn? Uh, my Chris- favorite Christmas present, it, I was 10. It was about eight years ago. I got a Star Wars throw blanket. And when I was younger, I was really destructive. So I destroyed everything I had, except I still have that blanket to this day. I still use it on the couch and on my bed almost every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a good one. Kate? Um, mine would probably be, I was into like painting and stuff like that. And I got this huge box of like acrylic paints. It was like 54 different colors. And now she's using it. Now Brooklyn's using it. Wow. I had to make something for my grandpa. He asked for it. 
She's oh, better it, at everything. That's fine. Especially art. That's when it okay. Comes to art. That's all right. We're just going to have to nickname me Thief or something. <laughs> I asked her first. She could have said no. You're taking people's Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, with our special guest here, we got so many questions for, to ask him and so many good things to happen on this podcast. So first, Ben, let's just get to know you a little bit more. Um, ben, where have you been? Where have you been at this whole time, man? Yeah, I have been here in Cleveland where we are now um, here at the, the Pi Center that I've never visited before, which is pretty cool. But been a Cleveland native my whole life, born and raised here homeschooled through high school, which I think all of our all of our people here today are, are homeschooled. So that was pretty cool. Went to Lee for college, hung around here after college um, for for my career. Been here ever since. A lot of people I grew up with were trying to find other places to go, but I love it here. And, and uh, so I've been here the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. Do you guys have any questions for him or that you just want to get to know him like his favorite dog or his favorite animal? I do have favorite dogs and favorite animals. Okay, what's your favorite dog? Well, I have two dogs at home, Juno and Molly. One of them is a golden doodle. That's Molly. She's crazy. She's my dog. Juno is our who knows what it is dog. She's a sweetheart. (laughs) She's my wife's dog. So as far as best behaved, Juno definitely takes the cake. But since Molly's technically my dog, she has... I feel like she has to be my favorite. So, <laughs> so she's my favorite. Yeah, you're a little biased. bit. But we do have a cat. We only have one cat, so he can be my favorite cat. <laughs> oh, what's your cat's name? His name's Oliver. Ooh. Yeah. Named like him after Oliver and Company? Yep. Yeah. That's exactly where have his y'all name ever came seen that from. Movie? No. Nope. Ooh, oh, you're gosh. missing out. You're missing out. <laughs> when I was a kid, I I have a twin brother. There's another interesting something to know about me, I suppose. But uh, I say that to say when we were little we uh, had this babysitter that would, would babysit us when my parents had something going on. And little kids generally like to talk a lot, which is mm-hmm. perfectly fine. But when you have two of them that are the same age, they <laughs> both like to talk a lot. It's, it's a lot to put a babysitter through. And so there was one time when we were six or seven that she came over to babysit us. And she said after my parents left, if you'll sit down and you'll watch this movie, which happened to be Oliver and Company, and you won't speak until it's over so I can have some peace. You can have this movie on VHS, which you guys may not be familiar with, but on VHS. So we sat and we watched the movie and we didn't say a word and, and we got a copy of the movie. So it's a good one. You guys should check it out. Do you know what VHS is? Oh, uh, I yes. think I've heard my dad talk about it. <laughs> oh my can God. you give Making like, me feel so old. No, I cannot give you a description. <laughs> when I, no. Oh my gosh. All I know is I've heard it. Levi about knows. It. I know I what know. DVDs are. I grew up on DVDs. Listen, so going in my house, growing up, we didn't have a lot of electronics and my parents never bought video games. We had to buy it ourselves. But my we had two giant box TVs from like the 90s with VHS built in. And we had like I think I oh, think I we know had like you're talking about. we had like Veggie Tales <laughs> the things those little spirals Tales yeah we had, we had like clicks. yeah we would watch like <laughs> Veggie Tales and I think we had like Star Wars on VHS and we yes. had all, we had uh, all kinds As of God stuff attended on but, VHS yep and uh, that was probably my early childhood like when I was probably around five mm-hmm. we we still had that stuff so. It still just cracks me up. Oh, well, I don't know what a VHS is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting old. That's yeah. Right. See, oh man, I rem- yeah, VHS. I remember recording TV shows 
with the blank VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't you know nothing. You can do that? Yeah, this was before DVR. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't know the struggles. <laughs> I always see videos of them getting like tangled, the tape yeah. in it. Yeah, kids that, ripping it out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. It was it was a tragedy. <laughs> it was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. I know favorite. what cassettes are. Cassettes. Yes, I know yeah. what those are. Okay. Same basic idea. My brother still uses them. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. weird. He clips it onto his belt. <laughs> And walks around the with it with these huge. Player? Yes. Does, does he have like it a Walkman or something? Yeah. I'm surprised That's you know awesome. what a Walkman is. That's awesome. <laughs> listen, I've listen, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Do we have any other get to know you questions for Ben? You can yeah. ask him his favorite superhero if you want to. I have an answer for that, too. See, look All at right. this. What is your favorite superhero? I, I kind of want to know what your favorite superhero is first, and then Batman. I'll tell you mine. That's a good one. Do you guys have favorite superheroes? Basic. Um, Spider-Man. Oh, that's a good one. Mine's also Captain a good choice. America. Captain America. I like the variety. That's good. No one has the same one. I'm a Spider-Man guy. So you like Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. So maybe even the Toby... Uh, what's his name? McGuire. Yeah, mm-hmm. Toby McGuire. I love him. <laughs> nope. Good stuff. <laughs> Andrew we'll, Garfield. Man. We'll debate about that sometime. But yeah, yeah I don't I'm, like I'm a, Andrew Garfield as much. Oh my gosh, mm, he was pretty good Spider Man. He was a pro. Mm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that they like Toby. I think I feel like was the best Spider Man, and then Andrew was the best like Peter. Peter Parker. Yeah. Mm. And then, but then like Tom Holland's He's like both. the best of both. Yeah. I, I feel see like that. Tom Holland is just too young of a character. He is too <laughs> young to play, that's, but he is the best of both. Well, that's the point. Uh, Spider Man's a teenager. Like he's like he's mm. supposed to be. You, you know what? Like, Tobey Maguire always seemed really grown up in the movies. Like yeah. that's because he's in his mid twenties when he played him. Yeah, he's that's like the one thing I, was, I still try to understand because in the movies it seems like when you have Peter Parker and Peter Parker. And Peter Parker get together, <laughs> mm-hmm. you would think that they're going to be close in age, in a sense, mm-hmm. because yeah. it's a, just a different dimension. Like it's it's no biggie. It's just <laughs> no it's, big deal. It's like two plus two. It's easy. <laughs> 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 but you would think they'd be close in age, and it's just kind of weird when you see them all come together from different dimensions and all that stuff. And you're like, oh yeah. wow, oh you're old, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie series? Favorite movie series? Yes. Lord of the Rings, hands okay. down. I like the Hunger Games and I like them. Star Wars. And Star Wars. Yes. Very good choices. <laughs> have you seen the newest Hunger Games movie? Yes, I saw it in theater because yeah. I read the book four times and I'm like completely obsessed with all of the books. Yeah. Very <laughs> and good the movies. <laughs> I know everything books. about it. <laughs> hey, four times. That's dedication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Kate? No, I don't really have a favorite. She doesn't watch TV. Oh, you're you're smarter than the rest of us. You're yes. not frying your brains. <laughs> that is She'll true. fall asleep in a yeah. movie. That's okay. Yeah. No problem. Especially How about you, Levi? Like, I know uh, what you're going to say, but say it anyway for the, for the well, viewers at well, home. Well, what do, you, what, home. what do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say Star Wars based on the conversations we've <laughs> yes. had. <but laughs> yes. There Star is. Wars. He's like, I read your mind. second would be Marvel. Marvel, Marvel is good. Okay. I like the Marvel. Yeah. Okay. For Star Wars fans, so specifically the two of you, next question specific to Star Wars. We've got the original trilogy over here. We've got the prequels over here. And we've got the, I guess they're calling them the sequels. 
What's the best? What's the best group? So I there think, is a right answer. <laughs> I think the one that has the best consistency with like the trilogy being actually like good is the original trilogy. But I think uh, the prequels. I was about to say I like the prequels. Revenge of the Sith kind of carries the prequels for me, and I yeah, and I think, agree. I think the Phantom Menace, the first one, is so- underrated. I don't like it. I think it's underrated. I kind of loved it just because Darth Maul's so cool. Oh, he, he is. He is cool, He's but so cool. I didn't like it. Oh, and, and then the Clone Wars TV show made him so much better. Oh, yeah. They expanded sure. on his characters so much. And then, but then uh, Attack of Clones. I it couldn't was, get into when that I, one. When I was a little kid, <laughs> I loved I it. But now, like, I'm like, it's mm-hmm. one of the worse ones yeah uh, it's pretty bad i i do like the, the dialogue's actual- bad oh, yes. the, oh george lucas cannot like a good piece of dialogue to say this <laughs> <laughs> but it's the action george lucas, it's don't the, don't it, hate us it's it's the action and it's like the the visuals that literally carry the whole oh, franchise yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then the sequels ba- what what do you what even is that I, 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 I don't like, like the, them. I think I Kylo know. Ren is a good character, but I hate the no, movies. No, Kylo Ren is. I don't, I don't like what Disney did to it. Yeah, yeah I, I they, get that, but, but I, it's just I, dumb. I, had, <laughs> I think I think Solo and Rogue One are some of the best Star Wars movies. I do like some of those, but we should probably have a disclaimer that the uh, the opinions of the guests on this podcast are not the opinions of Youth Force. Chronicles yes. and yes, yeah. Lewis film shouldn't yeah. sue us for the things that we're saying. Oh, but anyway, we'll we'll go on past this. Uh this was actually a very fun conversation. Tell us what you what you think, people. Do you enjoy the prequels? Do you enjoy the main trilogy? Or do you enjoy the sequels? Let us know. Um also so now to get to the main part of what this podcast is about, we get them we get people to come here to talk about their careers and we get to ask them all about the questions and give people a good understanding of what is out there for what people want to do with their life. And so, Ben, tell us about what your career is right now. Sure. So I am what what we would call co-career in the in that I've got a, a couple of irons in the fire these days. Um, my my nine to five job, we'll call it, is um, working in the juvenile court system with our with our local uh, judge Andrew Morgan, director Vicky Town, and all the the staff at the juvenile justice center and over at the courthouse with uh, sessions cases, which are this this particular judge I'm talking about handles the evictions and collections and small claims and stuff like that. So I, I do that on a day to day basis, Monday through Friday. It's a very it's a very paper heavy, office duty heavy, meeting heavy kind of job. Uh, I really enjoy it. I love the people I work with, which you guys will learn as you get into your career can make make or break a job. Who your coworkers are and your bosses are, it, it makes all the difference. So we have a great group of people over there. My job specifically has to do with just a lot of admin for making sure that we successfully have court every day of the week and we have court every single day of the week. Um, So that's scheduling hearings, that's drafting orders, that's communicating with attorneys about certain cases, that's coordinating these days Zoom appearances for parties and litigants and witnesses that might need to appear that can't get there, rescheduling phone conferences, meetings with community partners, thing, things of that nature. Um, so that's my nine to five. Uh, I also do real estate, um, and that's something that I, I have a great passion for, something I've been doing for, for several years now as an agent for representing myself and other people uh, who are buying and selling property 
really anywhere here in Southeast Tennessee. And then I'll plug people, uh, put people together in other parts of the country with agents in my company that might be able to help them if it's not here. That has been something I've been passionate about for a long time was buying properties with, with an agent friend of mine before I became an agent. Um, so I've been doing it myself for a long time and then helping other people do it for, for several years now. And, and I'm sure we'll get into more what that looks like, but that's kind oh, of the, sure. the, the big picture of what I'm, what I'm generally doing on any given day. One, that's incredible. Who would have thought <laughs> that, <laughs> that within yourself, you had all of that going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got some things going on for sure. Okay. Stay busy. So talk to us a little bit about this. So what got you into this career or what was something in your life that said, I want to go down this direction? Yeah. I'll give you two different answers. One for each of the each of the irons in the fire. For sure. Um, so as to the court job, when I was in high school and in college, or at least part of college, the plan was to go to law school to be a lawyer. I know Kate is thinking about that. And we'll, we'll talk more about that too. And so I, I was doing debate in high school, working on my communication skills and research and writing skills. Um, I was a political science major over here at Lee University under uh, Dr. Swindle, Dr. Pope, Dr. Alves, now Dr. Shippey, prepping to, to do that. I was part of the mock trial team over there, kind of trying to learn not just the the theory but the practice of law to some to to the extent that you can um, without actually going to do it and uh, just there came a point where I decided that wasn't for me but I still really liked a lot of the the idea of the law and the legal field and so when I got out of of college I started a job at the law office of Andrew Morgan as a legal assistant and then as a paralegal working in primarily domestic law so family law personal injury cases things of that nature criminal defense then my my boss decided to run for judge so I was involved in his campaign he's now the judge and and I went along with him and that's kind of how I wound up in this this job uh, with the court system and then for real estate, I grew up with a mom and dad and brothers and sisters and extended family that knew their way around construction. And we were always remodeling a house or tackling a new project or whatever. Levi identifies with that a lot from what mm -hmm. we talked about before we got started here. And um, so I was always very comfortable around it. I, I knew how to see value in a house that maybe no one else could see the value in or most people couldn't see the value in. So I started purchasing those houses and remodeling them and, and, and doing that with a real estate agent that was a friend of mine and then just decided that if I was going to keep doing it, I might as well be able to do it for myself. And right. that expanded into doing it for other people with my real estate license. So I've, I've been licensed for a few years now doing that for myself and other people and still excited about it. Still really fun to help people realize that dream of home ownership and talk them through um, the, the the process, talk them through the selling process or the buying process and uh, help people navigate that because it can be pretty stressful to, to get through it and it, it helps to have somebody that has done it a time or two to help you oh, out. Yeah. So that's how I wound up uh, doing that as as well as my, my nine to five. My goodness. So you don't just sell the houses, but you also remodel too? I do. I, I wouldn't say I have any sort of full-fledged um, remodeling company. Uh, mm -hmm. I generally refer my, my clients to other people for that, but I generally do my own work on my own houses you know, for friends and family, I'll, yeah. I'll do some things around the house for them. And, you know, if we're getting into a really big remodel project, I'll usually recommend somebody who has a little bit more time than me to get it done quicker. 
That's yeah. cool. We've remodeled two of our houses. Yeah. It's a great skill to have. Okay. Do you guys have any questions? I'm going to let y'all say something before I... Well, okay. <laughs> I've actually thought about getting into real estate. Is it hard? Because our preacher, he's getting his degree in real estate, but he said it was a lot of work. So he's taking off this because he just mm -hmm. had a baby. Mm -hmm. He's taking off this semester and then he's going to finish his testing and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So real estate is... It is a profession you have to be licensed in if you're going to represent yourself as a real estate agent and represent other people in the buying or selling process. If you were just wanting to purchase your own properties and remodel them and things of that nature, you don't necessarily have to have a real estate license for, for that. You can always work with a real estate agent. But if you wanted to get your own license, the very bird's eye view process is the, the state requires you to take some pre-licensing courses. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can go about that. Some people like to go to a sit-down class once a week or a couple times a week. That's however long it takes for them to get their requirements met. Some people like me prefer the flexibility of an online, self-paced, do-it-when-you-have-time kind of class. That's what I did to get my pre-licensing uh, education done. And then once you have that done, you just register with the with the state for one of their testing days to go go test and God willing, you're going to pass the test. I'm sure you will if you go take it. Once you do that, you finish finish some other requirements for the state like errors and emissions insurance, which is the real estate version of business insurance. You get on board with a broker, whether that's my brokerage, Realty One Group or Keller Williams or Berkshire Hathaway or whoever it turns out to be. We'd love to have you at ours if you decide to do that. That'd be great. Um <laughs> And then once once you have all your onboarding done and your licensing done, you're ready to start taking clients and placing offers on houses or listing homes on the market. And uh, you learn something new every day, even after you've passed your test. You'll learn the the test has a lot of good information that you definitely need to know. But the the process of being a day to day real estate agent there there's a lot to learn. No, that's cool. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, it does yeah. sound like a lot. <laughs> um. So when it comes into Actually, this is one of the questions I had. When it comes to real estate, without giving all your tips and tricks, like sure. what are the things that you're looking for when it comes to those houses that you're like, oh, let's, I'm going to get this one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm looking for myself specifically as an investment property, some people like to remodel them and sell them. Some people like to remodel them and keep them as investment properties and rent them out. That's the, the, lane that I found myself in that I'm that I typically prioritize. So if you're in that lane with me wanting to keep them as rental properties, then the main main concern is based on whatever the property might need in, in terms of remodeling, or maybe it's a turnkey property that you don't need to do anything to. The main thing you want to know is, is are you going to make money buying this property or not? And so you need to determine once you have this house ready to rent, whether that involves thousands of dollars of work or no work at all, mm -hmm. is your mortgage payment, if you don't pay cash for it, is your mortgage payment $1,000 a month and can you rent it for more than $1,000 a month uh, or not? So it, it ultimately just becomes a numbers game. It's not really about falling in love with the house and, and it, it's really more about does it financially make sense for me? Based on what I'm going to put down if I'm not paying cash, what my mortgage payment's going to be, can I rent it out for enough to at least cover the cost and maybe cash flow some? And everyone has different standards about what that looks like. Some people want to make $500 a month per property. Some people just want to cover the cost so that they own the property. It, it varies for, for different people. My, my goal is always to cover the cost of owning the property. So 
cover the cost of the mortgage payment, the taxes, and the insurance, and then make make a little bit on top of that each month with the rent. That's that's always my goal. And if I don't feel like I can do that, then I'll I'll move on. Is it hard to figure that out? No, not no, really. not really. Once once you once you start doing it and you start keeping an eye on the market, you will learn very very anecdotally, but pretty close close and accurately how much a house is going to rent for. If I looked at a house in Nashville that's up for rent, I couldn't tell you what the right rent should be. But if I were to look at a house here in, in our market, it wouldn't be hard for me to figure out, oh, it should rent for $1,200 a month or $2,000 a month or $850 a month or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So once you know roughly what the market rent is, you can decide, is my cost that number? Is it more than that? Is it slightly below? And I'm going to cash flow something and you can decide from there if it's worth it or not. No, that's incredible. So this is my question and to, and to teens and or and people listening, however, so from what I've seen from our upcoming generation when it comes to dealing with real estate and all that, a lot of them are scared and nervous about getting into that process of like, oh, I want to get a house or I want to try finding a place to live on my own. And it feels like, right. Oh, that's me (laughs) right now. I really want to move out, but I don't know what it's going to be to rent an apartment and do all this and do all that. And I'm just like, oh, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when it comes to stuff like that, what is the proper direction where I'm just seeing so much Mm -hmm. fear and People are just like, I don't feel like the 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 market is going to be is going to allow me to mm-hmm. do what I want to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a perfectly reasonable fear to have. And I don't fault anyone for being nervous because for most people, probably everyone in this room and most people that are listening, the purchase of a home is most likely the largest financial decision you're ever going to make, at least single financial decision that you're ever going to make. And so you don't want to find yourself in a situation uh, where you've purchased a home for, let's say, $250,000 and you can't really afford to make the payments. And before you know it, the the bank is knocking on the door telling you you've, you've got to leave or you've got to make some payments or you've got to do something and and have that foreclosure follow you around for the rest of your life on on your credit report for a number of years or just this just what it puts you through to be uh to lose your home is a traumatic thing so i can understand people being nervous about it what i what i would tell people is that there's really nothing to be nervous about as long as you are prudent about what you choose to buy and what your financial situation is. So, for example, the first thing that we'll tell most people who are getting ready to buy a house is that they need to talk to a lender to get pre-approved for for a loan. And so that lender will say, based on your credit report and based on your debt-to-income ratio with what you make every month and what your, your monthly obligations are on your debt, whether that be student loans or a car payment or whatever it happens to be, this is how much money we can approve you for to go buy a house. We'll say it's $200,000. Well, that means that the lender is going to let you buy up to $200,000. But when you calculate the payment on that $200,000 loan, you might feel like that's a little bit of a tight squeeze for you to go buy a $200,000 house where you, you're not going to have any money left at the end of the month. And so it might be wise, even though you can afford, technically speaking, a $200,000 home, maybe you want to look for a $170,000 home. And so there's no obligation to 
to reach for the stars when it comes to your the home that you're going to buy, especially if you're a first-time home buyer or thinking about being a first-time home buyer. But the benefit of being able to purchase a home, uh, at least as as I think about it in, in terms of different ways that you can invest your money, real estate is one of those classes of assets where you can get the benefit of the appreciation of a $200,000 asset in that $200,000 house without having $200,000 to spend. You just need the down payment and you make your payments every month, but every 3%, 5%, 10% that that property appreciates in value over the course of the time that you own it is your money. It's equity that you have in your home that it's not money in the bank, but it's it's money that you have just in a different form. And so if you were to try to have that kind of return in the stock market, you've got to have $200,000 to buy stocks with. You've got to have $200,000 to invest in a mutual fund with. And most people don't have $200,000 lying around. So for me, when I first got started purchasing real estate, I was uh, you know, scraping the money together for the down payment that I needed within reason to not have a crazy mortgage payment I couldn't afford and buying real estate. And then a few years later, realizing that that real estate that was worth, you know, $100,000 when I bought it had appreciated and the work that I had done to it had appreciated. And then all of a sudden I have $5,000 in it in a down payment and a little bit of money worth of materials. And now the house is worth $175,000 and I've got this money that's not in the bank, but it's there if I ever needed to tap into it. So as long as you are careful and, and you're not pushed into buying something you really shouldn't buy and you can afford the monthly payments and it's a home that you love and you get to spend your monthly payment investing in your own property instead of handing it off to a landlord. Uh, I, Ooh, I just yeah. don't think you can go wrong with real estate. That gives me relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, And one of the other fears that people have right now that I'll just kind of call out and go ahead and address is how high interest rates are right now. And home prices too. And what I have always told people is to is to marry the house and to date the interest rate because interest rates change all the time. And if you love the house and you can afford the payments and and you're comfortable with the purchase of price and you're comfortable with the payments, then there's not a reason not to get that house if you're going to keep it forever and you're going to love it. Because interest rates over the next five years are going to fluctuate and you can refinance that interest rate to a lower rate when they when they go down. And if they go up even higher than they are now, you're locked in at the interest rate you got when you purchased the house. So my wife and I fell in love with the house this year and interest rates at the time were crazy high and are still pretty high. And we love the house and we could afford the payments and the purchase price made sense. So we, we bought it anyway. And when that interest rate goes down, we'll just refinance it and lower our payment and it'll be even better than it is now. But if you love the house and it makes financial sense for you and it, it's not uh, it's something that you've approached with some some thought and some input from those that are older and wiser than you and family and friends that you trust. There's just not a reason not to get it. Hey, that's some good knowledge right there. Good nugget. <laughs> good nugget is what I want to call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, man, I'm a... I'm going to flip the script real quick. Ben, do you have any questions, especially when it comes to like regarding career ideas for our teens here? Sure, sure. So I was talking to Levi a little bit earlier before we got started. He was telling me his dad was a contractor. He was thinking about um, getting into a trade. So, I, And I'll just go down the line. Uh, so 
for you, Levi, do you have any trades that you're thinking about right now? So the main one I think I would like to get into probably be electrician. Mm-hmm. And I, I know electricians can make up to $100,000 a year. Even more. Or more. And, uh, Ooh, I saw his but any, any go off. <laughs> like, <laughs> but if I if I were to get like my license and like become a, a licensed electrician, it would probably just be so that I could I have the knowledge so that because I'll probably just want to be like a contractor who just does everything. Mm-hmm. But if I have the knowledge to be an electrician, then I don't have to. If I'm like doing like a big job or something, mm-hmm. then I don't have to. Uh, hire someone else out to do that work mm-hmm. and I can just do it myself. Yeah. So absolutely. My grandpa was, a, was an electrician and my dad knows a lot of electric stuff now because of him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the one thing I will say this, and this is for all of you, but just based on something Levi said, because I think, I, I think pursuing a trade is a fantastic idea. I, I think the the world is different now where it should not be everyone's goal to to go get a, a degree if that's not really what they want. For some people, that's exactly what they need to do, but not everyone should feel like they're boxed in, that they have to go mm-hmm. do that. There are people out there who are very successful with trades that love what they do, and they're providing a service that is so important for people, um, and that's every bit as important as the person with the four-year degree sitting behind the desk. So I think that's great that that you have already figured that out. For you, Brooklyn, I, I don't know, I don't think we talked too much before we got started for me to ask you a similar question, but let me just start by asking you if you've had any any thoughts about what's next for you, because I know you're you're probably right about to graduate high school. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you've already have. And so what are what are some of your thoughts or what are some of your concerns? What are what are some of your fears for for what's next? Okay, I'm a very indecisive person. Somebody asks me my favorite color, I have to tell them three at least. That's okay. So I haven't decided on one yet, but mm-hmm. my top three are real estate. Um, I'm either going to be that or I'm going to go and get a degree in nursing and mm-hmm. work in labor and delivery or the NICU mm-hmm. for um, premature babies. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, this is so weird, or I'm going to get a cosmetology degree and work as like a hairdresser, but they get paid cool. nothing. So I'm not sure if I want to do that. Unless gotcha. you're like really good. Yeah. <laughs> unless I'm, Yeah. And you have to have like your own place to actually make a lot yeah. of money. And I don't want to be those people that like great clips. I got you. I can tell you. um, Going after it. No thanks to anybody if you work at Great Clips. The the opinions of the guests on this podcast are not the opinions of Youth Force. Don't sue us, Great Clips. Well, I just personally don't want to do that. I'd want to have my own place. Yeah, I got you. Well, funny enough, I actually met with someone today in the course of discussing some some real estate plans with someone who owns their own hair salon that we are looking for a commercial property that would be a good fit for her for her business. So that's funny that you say that. One of the things I would say to all three of you based on something I heard both of you say, which is has to do with how much money you're going to make. Mm-hmm. One of the lessons that I am learning, just to let you know, uh, as I've gotten a little bit further down the rabbit hole of my career, not to say that money's not important because it absolutely is. You have to have money to live, mm-hmm. certainly. And that's the reason that you know, even people who who are not concerned about how much money they make still go to work every day uh, and find ways to en- enjoy life, even if they don't enjoy their job. But one of the things I've learned recently is that 
there are other ways of thinking about success besides just how much money do I bring home every week from my job. Mm -hmm. And so I would not let yourself be constrained to the choice that makes the most money. Yeah. As long as your needs are met and you can do something that you love and you can do something that helps you take care of your family and provide a service for people that's valuable, I, I wouldn't worry too much whether you're you're making 150 or 75 or whatever that is. Not to tell you that that's not an important consideration because mm -hmm. it absolutely is. Um, but but there is a balance. Yeah. There's a balance with with doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and your family and your loved ones doing something that you love, doing something that that is is important to people and provides a service to people. And I'm not telling you I know what the balance is yet. I'm still figuring it out, but there certainly is a balance. So you might you might find out that you just have fallen in love with cosmetology and you've you've found a way to make that work for you and your family and you love serving people in that capacity uh, and you find a great amount of joy and fulfillment in that capacity. And maybe you could have made $20,000 more one year uh, in real estate or in nursing, but maybe that's not as important as doing what you love, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm learning that as I go along, too, because like two years ago, I wouldn't have even considered cosmetology because like mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like be rude to my parents, but they kind of raised us with like you need a college degree to make any money. If that makes sense, like they mm -hmm. don't have anything against like people who go to trade school or cosmetology or this or that. But, like, they just thought what would be best for us is college. But that's because they always wanted us. But then I realized that's because they always wanted us to know that if we wanted to pursue a college degree, they would give us the resources to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm kind of learning that now. Yeah. I yeah. just didn't understand it. Yeah. And one of the things that I don't know that I really grasp at, at you, any of your ages is that there is... There's so many different doors that you guys yeah. can go through mm -hmm. and college is one of those doors and none of those doors are wrong doors. Mm -hmm. There are right doors and wrong doors for different people. And so I, I'm, I'm happy to hear, I feel like all three of you have a really good grasp on that concept already, which is great that, you know, there is, there is no one size fits all for your career choice and what you do with your life. College is great for some people. Trade school is great for other people. And, and there's none of those are wrong choices or bad choices mm -hmm. or there's not a choice that's better than another in general. There's a choice that's better than another for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. So now I want to hear from, from Kate. Oh, yes. So um, I've been thinking about going into like like law school and like uh, mm -hmm. criminal justice and stuff mm -hmm. because um, at first I wanted to be a criminal investigator, mm -hmm. but I don't know. It just... When I was looking at it, it just didn't seem like something that would fit me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I'm, I like, don't want to say it's interesting to like, I like the criminal side, but I don't want to say it's interesting because that sounds bad, but it I is gotcha. interesting investigating it. It's interesting. So, um, I'm looking to go into, in the side of like, um, the criminal justice and the criminal law for, to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, and, and you know from what we were talking before that you had you had mentioned a lawyer's name. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Just from working in the legal field in this town for a while, you get to know everybody to, to some degree because there's only so many lawyers in town. And, and most of them are general practice lawyers. A lot of them are that, you know, most of them are going to see each other in court at some point or we're going to work a case together. And law school is definitely not for the faint of heart. Being a lawyer is definitely not for the faint of heart. That's that's true of, of most choices in life, really. But if it's something that you're passionate about, it's something that, that 
you feel uh, a calling on your life to do and that you're interested in, there's no reason not to pursue it. I know you were talking about an internship. I think Mm -hmm. that's a fantastic idea, especially now, because the best thing, not that this is going to happen for you, but the best thing that a legal internship taught me was that I did not want to be a lawyer. And the best thing that the legal internship might tell you is that, oh my gosh, this is definitely for me or maybe not, whatever it is. But doing that internship is a fantastic way to get your hands dirty, so to speak, in in that profession so that you can get an idea of of whether you feel like it's for you or it's not for you. Definitely for me, I, I was headed that direction full steam ahead, started an internship and and I enjoyed it, had great coworkers. It had nothing to do with that, but I just I just realized I'm I'm not sure this is the fit for me. And so doing that internship will be a great way for you to see it firsthand, really what it's like. And that I don't know if I should be name dropping the attorney we talked about, so I'm just not yeah. going to. But yeah. the, the attorney we were talking about is a, a great guy. He will he will make effort to make sure that that you have a good internship and that you learn something and that you really get a feel for it and not just be a, a, a paper pusher while you're there doing busy work. He'll make sure you really get to see that. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'll probably, I'll probably give him a call when we're done here and, and let him know that we hey, talked. I was talking about you, man. Yeah. All you're good things. Podcast. All good things. Um, but yeah, that's fantastic. I love to hear it. So is there anything about, anything about being a lawyer that specifically stuck out to you when you were thinking about it? Is it more about I really like criminal criminal defense or criminal investigation and you just sort of found your way to criminal defense lawyer or were you thinking, oh, I want to be a lawyer and where do I fit in in that career path and you chose criminal defense? Well, um, I was watching this, this like um, documentary series on Netflix and stuff and this one guy, he was really into what he was doing, like this one lawyer, he was really into what he was doing mm-hmm. and it was like really interesting to me and it was it was of course um criminal like criminal law and it was like maybe that's what i want to do and then i was looking at like criminal investigator but but then my dad was telling me like what what you do and what you make and stuff like that at first i only wanted to be a criminal investigator because to get a better job you it would be better if you went to like went to college if to get a better degree in it but mm-hmm. um i but then I wanted to because I didn't have to go to college. Mm-hmm. But now looking at it, I kind of want to go to college. I think it's just mm-hmm. a good thing that somebody like can do going to college. So um, mm-hmm. that's why I picked criminal law. Cool. I like it. I like it. I We've think always watched like well forensic, science, forensic files and stuff like that since yeah. we were yeah. little. So. Yeah. We have a fascination with murder. Our dad says it's kind of. Our dad Whoa. says it's kind Whoa. of like weird. He's like, y'all are concerning sometimes. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes on you too. I guess. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yep. Are you sure you're okay? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh gosh. Yeah, if they, they, know, if they, they offer know how you a drink them. or something, do <laughs> not take it. They know how to hide a body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a joke, people. Going going back to what you said about the internship, that's kind of why, because I'm, I'm so decisive, I'm kind of afraid to commit to one of them because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I'm going to start it, go to school, and not like it, and then have to change my um, what I major in or what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to waste my parents' money in that way. Yeah, if, I understand. Yeah, so I'm just like, I don't know, but I've always been so indecisive. It's yeah, like- That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, internships. This because this has just been like a 
I think this is the thing I've been thinking about, especially for the upcoming generation with you guys, the ones under you and all that stuff. Everybody seems to kind of just say like, oh, I want to go and do this. And then they get into it. Don't like it. Uh, yeah. People in my people in my time have done that. And it's like, oh, gosh, I even did that. <laughs> my cousin my just did too. it. Yeah. And it's like I went into something. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to do this and this and this. And I got such a big I got a big giant head about it being all arrogant with it but then when i got into it i was like oh man this is really not what i want to do and so if you guys and people listening to if you get this idea of something that you want to do go try it out go talk to people in it um go get an opportunity to do an internship with some company resulting in that career because when you go and take the time to learn more about that career that you want to do, the more you'll have an understanding of like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people out there finding new jobs or things to do with their life. And it's more of just getting out there and seeing where your passions are lying at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for nursing that you can get your, you can get certified as a nurse's assistant and mm-hmm. become a CNA. Oh yeah. And I could work as that. But I don't know if I want to go through the process of getting certified. But everybody keeps telling me it's not that hard. So I could do that for a little bit, I guess. But then that means I'd have to take like a year off of school. Oh, God. Just to figure out. A year <laughs> off? Yeah. That sounds just nice. Intern. Yeah. Well, sounds there's nice. statistics and studies that show like, I don't remember what it is, but more than half of the kids who take a year off don't actually return and go back to school. Yeah. So that's this what I'm true. afraid of. Yeah, I'm just going to be yeah. stuck at Walmart working. Looking there. <laughs> Dang. Not Walmart. You going after Walmart now? <laughs> the, the opinions of the guests on Youth Force Chronicles not I mean, there's nothing wrong with are not the opinions Actually, of Youth Force Chronicles. Have, Please don't sue us, Walmart. I have a friend who works Wall- at Walmart, and she gets PTO and all of that, and she's just a regular employee, so it's not that bad. And she gets insurance, and she has benefits. Yeah, but it's just good. the point that she's still living with her mom because she only gets paid 15. And I think it's like now you need at least 18. To yeah. be able to, my, like, support uh, It's an yourself. expensive world we live yeah. in. Yes. Yeah. My, but she uh, does get PTO, so I guess if I ever need something to fall back to, I'm coming to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, what you got, Levi? So, my uh, fun fact, my, my older brother, he actually worked at Walmart for, like, a year, and he said that there's, like... Hold on, I have to ask. Is this about to be a bad story about Walmart? No, it's not really bad. Uh, he just... <laughs> He just had some funny experiences. Uh, I think overall he enjoyed working there. Uh, there's just some stuff. It's not uh, for everybody. Yeah, I mean, one time he got he got he he got tricked into oh, doing I'm really gang nervous signs. right now. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, oh yeah, no. Yeah, there's, there's one time he got he he got tricked by this uh, group of guys into doing gang signs. Oh and no, it was, that's not good. <laughs> no. <it> was, <laughs> What up? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it was, it was just so he he said it was funny. The kind, the he just wasn't story, prepared for it. Yeah, like the kind of yeah. stories he has from from working at Walmart. It's that's, just funny. That's yeah, the thing. Just though, make sure your work home. friends are your real friends and yeah. they care about you. <laughs> that's the thing, though. From going from homeschooled to like getting a job in the real world, it's so different because like 
I don't know. You're just sheltered from some of that stuff. Ooh, and it's not yeah. like they shelter us on purpose. It's just the point of being home all the time. Yeah, this is and a good I, question. So then so. when I worked at the, I worked at the Akoi Dam Deli and Diner, and then I just worked at Jenkins, the restaurant. So the first time I went there, like everybody, they were underage and they were vaping and doing all that. And they were smoking marijuana in the smokehouse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. What? And they were hiding, <laughs> they were hiding the vapes in the weirdest spots from their parents. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like I'm, more prepared now in a way i guess yeah i wouldn't uh it was I, just a shock i think i'm the only one here uh, out of the three of us that at that actually experienced public school oh i uh, did when i was cause, five because i Bam. went so i went to well i like, truly experienced yeah, public school yeah. i went to public school probably the worst time i went eighth grade <laughs> Ooh, that's I rough was, please I don't sue us department of education <laughs> i went and i went uh Three weeks after the school started, I got kicked out of private school because I was in private school for two years before that. And I got kicked out. And uh, why? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, nope, not even, now no, I must we, know. we might leave you that have off. To tell <laughs> yeah, not on, not not on here. We can't uh, but anyway, it, can't it wasn't. Expose him. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so I went three weeks after the year started. So I got put in all like the weird classes, you know. <laughs> so I didn't get like. Like I had this one class, I don't even know what it was. It's like probably. she was throwing random stuff at us every week, like something new. One week she was obsessed with Elon Musk. I'm like, what is happening in this class? <laughs> Who's not obsessed with Elon Musk? I don't know. I think but, we yeah, all are maybe. in some way. I mean, I think I think the only thing I'm probably wondering about is why he turned Twitter from to X. Yeah, why? I don't know. X yeah. marks branding spot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Rebranding. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I was trying to wish that one. <laughs> okay, quick question because that was a good one. Was the transition from being a homeschool student going into the real world mm-hmm. a culture shock for you? <laughs> That's a good question. I feel like the answer is no, but that's partially because I I had the the in between of college over, over here at Lee that that kind of made that transition easier I think it very well may have been if I hadn't had that and again that's not a pitch that college is for everyone but I, I do think that was one of the benefits for me personally uh, of sort of having a, a bridge between two worlds so to speak I've, I've heard people say before that one of the main benefits of, of college is just this opportunity to grow up a little bit Oh yes. and, and I think that's very true. I think that's as true as as the the actual education that you're getting in in terms of your academic education, just some some life education that oh, if I if uh if I don't plan out my meals correctly, I might not get a meal that that uh I didn't budget for mm-hmm. or I locked my keys in my dorm and mom's not coming with a Did with an extra key oh you know think, no that didn't happen to me <laughs> that didn't happen to me i'm not saying that but you know there there are certain things that you have a little bit of room to fail but still have a safety net to an extent in college and you know most of you i'm sure have uh, have parents that love you and they'll always be that safety net for you too so so don't feel like you're you're about to free fall when you get into the real world <laughs> Yeah. "Quote unquote real world," but I do think I, I do think that transition was was very helpful for me. I, I think honestly, the biggest culture shock was was exams that I had to study for. That I uh, yes, had someone yeah. else 
who was going to develop an opinion about me and whether I was competent in this subject or not competent in this subject Ooh. that didn't necessarily like love me unconditionally yeah. like my mother. So that was probably the thing I struggled with the most is I just, I cared tremendously, probably for good reason, what my professors thought of me and I wanted an A on every assignment mm-hmm. and I was always studying and not uh, one of my biggest regrets I was telling someone just the other day was not prioritizing relationships more than I did I was I was all consumed with having perfect grades and impressing my professors whether I su- succeeded at that I don't know but the looking back I think that was my my biggest regret was not investing in people more uh, while I was there so that was probably the biggest culture shock for me was just just being evaluated a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nothing wrong with that. We no. need that. But but that was something I had to learn to get used to and you get used to it one way or another because you're going to have that at your job and you're going to have that in your relationships and if you get married you're going to have that in your marriage hopefully in a positive way where you're you know learning how to improve and and be better partners for each other and you know that's that's just something that that took some getting used to. Yeah, that was me when I started my first job because I'm a really big people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I almost got like anxiety attacks over it sometimes because I wanted to yep. please my boss, but then my coworkers, but then your coworkers, they don't expect as much from you as your boss and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And then if you stand up for what the boss wants, then your coworkers are mad at you. My dad was like, you can't please everyone. You just this need to calm correct. down. As long as you're doing your job, it doesn't matter. Yep. You cannot please everyone. That's one of the best life lessons you can you can learn. Not that you need to go out of your way to displease yes, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if, if you're doing what you're supposed to do and somebody's not happy about it, then it just is what it is. Yep. I can just imagine Brooklyn just trying to like sort everything all together. She make can tell all, you. <laughs> no, make but it all organized. And she's over here like, does it go with this one? Is this the salt packet or is this the pepper? <laughs> <laughs> it was to the point that I had like the salt on the right and the pepper on the left. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. She could tell you. I was always running around trying to do something. Yeah, but at home, she's not that way. Nope, at home, I could care less. <laughs> it was like, I don't care where the salt goes. Yeah. It can yeah. go in the ceiling for all I can. Yeah. Yep. yeah, well, sometimes that's what home is about, is being able to to not have to I feel that like way. I like you said, because they'll you love know? you oh, unconditionally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. don't te- like go out of your way to test that. But, no, no. But there is some more grace at home, <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is why it's home. Oh, yeah. for sure. Well, anyway, this is the end of our podcast. Uh, we have had a great time here with Ben. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure and yeah. learning all about uh, real estate and working with a court and all that, man. It's it's incredible. Thanks for having me. I <laughs> appreciate so, it, guys. So I'm your host, Mr. Joe. Again, we were joined by Kate Brooklyn, Levi and Ben. Anyway, this is Youth Force Chronicles. See you next time. Are you ready?